This podcast replay is brought to you by Walton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Walton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. 954-966-4646. David Crypto Veronis. <laughs> I, I just jumped in. I was still hearing the intro on my end, and then I, I was able to uh, just hear <laughs> the new nickname you gave me. But apparently I need to get on Crypto.com uh, in, instead of Robinhood so I get access to yeah. a lot of these uh, these really good ones that, that, that you're finding and, and you're naming. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you can't do anything on Robinhood, bro. No, 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 no. Yeah, you need a you need to get a real account. And I think uh, I think Polly hit a dollar, by the way. So H bar hit ten cents. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you, bro. I'm just you know, you know. I've been on H bar since it was at four cents. So right now at ten, dude, I'm like killing it in a half right now, and it's just like starting, like just starting. Like, I expect H-Bar to be at maybe 40, 50 cents when it's all said and done. So I still expect it a four or five time from where it's at right now. That's just me. I'm not a financial advisor, of course. <laughs> always, got, always got to preface it with that, of course. Always, because, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just, uh, I can't tell you anything about Jasmine since it's up 20% today. You know, I, I, I can't do these things, you know, so I just, you know, I just got to move on. You know, this was at 0.33. Now it's at 0.80 of a cent. So, you know, I can only guide you to, you know, you can only lead a horse to water. It's up to the horse to start drinking. After that, you know, it's up to you. All right. So is Ronnie Bradford the answer for our special teams coach? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah, I, I was pretty certain i'd come on the program and then i'd hear uh danny crossman's name here but but you want me to say it so um yeah well so uh, change it uh for uh, with an assistant special teams coach so not i know a lot of dolphins fans want to see uh the the change at the special teams coordinator position danny crossman but uh it seems like it's another offseason where uh that is uh where he's being retained uh as we just go through uh just time where uh, nothing changes uh with that position so i got i gotta get into that building and find out what i have have you been able to find out or explain what was the decision like what is it that they don't see wrong with danny crossman that we see wrong all the time because that 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 to me is like that's one of the mysteries of, of the world right now i mean when we talk about earth and things that you need to like answer and wonder about one of them is how is danny crossman still with the miami dolphins i mean that is one of earth's mysteries right now yeah we haven't had access to mike mcdaniel since uh really uh the end of season press conference so he did just introduce anthony weaver and then he you know he was like a quick thing he said his own thing and then uh bolted away so he wasn't fielding questions uh he will speak at the combine so that's something for next week uh, that potentially we can get that question in uh, and there will be a lot of questions to ask, or if not, then we're finding a time during OTAs or something to get the question in. But um, that's one thing I might point to, or is something Danny Crossman pointed to maybe going into that last uh, week of the season 
going into the playoffs is that after they had those two back-to-back uh, returns where there was the kick return uh, against Baltimore in the penultimate uh, regular season game and then the, the uh, punt return for a touchdown that turned the Buffalo game uh, upside down was that uh, they were really high in uh, both of those uh, – well, coverage areas as far as average return or one of the, one of the the I believe yeah it was average return in each kick return and punt return coverage before those and then large returns obviously send you uh, in the other direction so uh, it came up at the worst time for uh, Crossman's unit uh, at that point and then in other areas Braxton Berrios, solid in the return game, was very reliable with his hands back there. And then uh, Jason Sanders did make uh, strides uh, this season after a couple of, uh, of uh, uneven years before that. So uh, so those are a couple of other things maybe they're, they're pointing to. I remember Ronnie Bradford as a uh, draft pick and obviously didn't last very long uh, here and was Montana's defensive coordinator uh, last year and has been uh, in college for, for a while now. Um, I wonder, there's got to be some, besides the Dolphin connection, but there's got to be some connection to some of these coaches, right? I mean, I would imagine there's something there, right? Well, I was looking at down at his uh, resume, and then he happened to be, he happened to be uh, the Denver Broncos uh, special teams coordinator when uh, Mike McDaniel was interning there. Uh, as he was uh, finishing up college, uh, gets into coaching, and his first unpaid internship job under Mike Shanahan with the 05 Denver Broncos as Mike McDaniel is an intern, uh, Ronnie Bradford was a special teams coordinator there. So the, that's one connection. I was actually going to ask you what happened uh, with, with him with the Dolphins. I wasn't uh, really paying attention 93. I see he was the, the fourth yeah. Dolphins, and then he was with the Broncos by the time the, the season started. So just didn't make it uh, during during training camp. Or? We weren't very good drafting in those days. Oh, yeah. That's just, 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 kind those of days. just those days? Yeah, that's just kind of uh, – I think we're pretty good drafting now. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's been some uh, – last couple of, uh, of drafts, it's kind of just they've punted on it based on giving away a first-round pick, and then two years ago didn't have any first or second, so – First selection yep. was you know, two for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, yeah, you know, not like you're, you know, it's one a couple years ago. One of them was for Ramsey. One of them was for Tyreek, right? Tyreek Hill, yeah. So instead of well, yeah, Ra- yeah, Ramsey uh, actually sent a third round pick. So the draft for that because you kind of felt you were closer. So now get some veterans to help you put you over the top. And I kind of understand that it's just unfortunately. The, the injuries have never worked out the last two years for this damn team. It's just absolutely decimated them. But I, I don't pick on them for that. They can draft nowadays. Dude, they can find people undrafted nowadays. Yeah, I found some undrafted gems. The 21 draft was uh, was very good for this team. Obviously, 2020. Kohu is better than Ronnie Bradford. What's up? Cater Kohu is better than Ronnie Bradford. It was better than Ronnie Bradford was in, in 93. Yeah, so... I got you. He struggled a lot this this second season, so he's going to have to turn it back around. Yeah, I, I think I think it was more about scheme and everything else. Yeah, I, I have a feeling with this Weaver guy that he's going to look at players and say, "Okay, this is what I have to do with you. This is what I have to do with you. Okay, now let me design my scheme to make sure it complements what I have. Instead of I have my scheme, let me try to fit the the pieces in my scheme." That's not the way coaching goes. Coaching, like, yeah. I'm sorry. 
right? I was going to say, for a guy like Kater Kohu, that's a challenge when you make it as an undrafted guy playing one system, which was a complete 180 from the one you go to. Then that's a big uh, switch to go into year two and have to completely change schemes like that. Right, exactly. And because and he's young, you also have to give him some time and he has to grow. He, he, this was only his second year. So again, we got to kind of slow down here, and 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 plus he's undrafted from Division right. Two. I mean, give me a freaking break! But um, yeah, no, I, I I saw the hire, and I uh, and again, I just thought of you know special teams wise. Now let let me let me let, let's have some fun here now, because one of the things that I uh, talked about last week when it comes to Weaver, there's a couple of positives that could come out of this. One. Does he does he carry himself like a head coach or not? Um, as far as his personality wise, yeah, I I totally see it. I see him as as a candidate uh, for it, uh, a leader of men that he could lead a whole unit. Um, and then I think with with the Dolphins specifically, I believe Mike McDaniel is a guy that would give uh, the keys to the defense to his defensive coordinator. So uh, similar to what he you know he let Vic Fangio lead that side of the ball uh, this past season. So I could totally see Anthony Weaver just getting that shot where, okay, you have this side of the ball with this team. And then now this is almost like you're, you're also interviewing for next year's head coaching job at, with through your performance with how you lead that uh, side of the ball. And then just how that transcends into how you can just lead on overall locker room. And worst case scenario, if McDaniel is, off the rails and not the answer you might turn to him okay so that's something there that you might have a young head coach that you're developing there for the future here or somewhere else another I, thing i was here i was here people say sometimes like um brian flores before mike mcdaniel uh whether he was uh, too worried about hiring uh, the guy that would replace him if he hired too good of an assistant coach. Right. So I, I like the, the the show of confidence from Mike McDaniel that sure. you know, I mean I'm bringing yeah the guys that we need. This is about uh, bringing the right guys in to to have the the uh, the optimal uh, coaching staff to lead this group, and that he felt he was the right guy for the defense and a guy that is on his way. Uh, similar to Mike McDaniel, how he was after one year as an offensive coordinator, uh, and the Dolphins were the only team to give him that shot actually in in the next uh, hiring cycle. But that's on, but potentially on his way to that head coaching rank. Yeah, no, there's no. And listen, he brought in Daryl Bevel, who has way more experience than him. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. so he doesn't have an ego in that sense. But the way I look at Weaver, okay, if worse something comes off the rails or whatever, maybe that that might be one of your options there. Two, this one's kind of the weakest point out of all of them um, because you do weaken Baltimore, but really for how long? I mean, John Harbaugh has replaced so many coaches and it continues to roll. But for the time being, you did weaken them for a moment because now you do have to replace a good young coach. Um, and, and then obviously he understands what he has to do with the players he said it already with 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 the cornerback. He understood. Oh no, I got I got to move this guy around. This guy's the ultimate chess piece. And then here's the other thing. I want Patrick Queen in a Dolphin uniform. <laughs> this is a good way to get Patrick Queen next to David Long. You know, because uh, I don't think Jerome Baker is back. You know, I don't think X is back. I don't think 
uh, um, what's it called? Wilkins is back. So you're going to free up a lot of money. You're going to have to sign some guys that, that you can work those contracts and move some of that money. I think Patrick Queen is a guy that Anthony Weaver can help me bring in. So what do you think about all those things? And all right, so uh, I, we we touched on Patrick Queen quickly last time, but have you uh, checked the the contract? I haven't even looked at uh, where he is. Oh, well, he's a agent. He's available this off season. Yeah, he's a free agent this off season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would be uh, an intriguing option. Trade and sign somebody. That the Dolphins can't do that. They can't go trade and sign somebody. That's not it. It's free agent, and Pat Pat is a free agent, bro. So he right. would be. Perfect in the middle with David Long, bro. Perfect. Hey, you might be formulating that Dolphins defense where from your Christian Wilkins prediction to then uh, to then if it's Patrick Queen go, going in to be that guy with David Long or yeah with David Long, then uh, you might just uh, be nailing it down. Uh, I think you've got like all the that cap figured out to because it, it would it would pretty much slide right in if you can if you go ahead and free up without the Christian Wilkins contract on, on board next year, uh, which they have, they'll have a, that, uh, that franchise tag uh, decision to make now coming up uh, then. Yeah. That, I mean, that seems to be a fit. And then obviously uh, Weaver was with him in Baltimore. So uh, you know, not coaching his uh, position specifically, but they're in the same building. And as far as, uh, as far as Weaver also to, to the point now people might bring up that, well, uh, uh, John Harbaugh in Baltimore, he was uh, looking at at, at uh, Orr to be that next defensive coordinator. Uh, but it seemed like that he he really it, it was a situation where he had two great defensive coordinator candidates, and then one was the immediate urgent need that was about to potentially go to a, uh, another spot uh, with uh, with Mike McDonald going to Seattle. If he was going to end up just snagging him. Uh, over that way so it seemed like that's how it just broke down timing wise and really they were just probably on even footing uh at the end of the day as far as uh candidates to go to that next step so uh it's very minimal because he does an exceptional job of finding the next guys and the next guys and that which is that's the job of a head coach it's not just building one staff it's continually rebuilding your staff. That's 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 what makes you a great head coach. If you can't do that, not just once, but over and over again, you will not be a good head coach for a long time. It's just going to be really, really hard in order for you to survive. You've got to pick some really good assistant coaches, and John Harbaugh does an awesome job of that, dude, every time. Yeah, yeah. and Impressive. this offseason has been a, a revamping of the defensive side. Uh, of the staff. So, um, yeah, well, that was one question I did want to get it, it, into Weaver that uh, shortly after the press conference was how much was it, um, you know, collaboration between him and Mike McDaniel, or if it was just him uh, making these decisions uh, at, sort of with the keys of the defense that uh, he needed some of uh, some new blood, some new guys on that defensive side of the staff to be his assistants for uh, the system. Cause a lot of those assistants they've now coached him, in all the, the different systems, whether it's Boyer and Flores uh, before Fangio, then Fangio, and then now, um, like Austin Clark is still around, then he's going to be going through all, all of these different uh, staffs. So uh, Campanelli uh, would have been in, in line for that, but, you know, had to, to go ahead and, uh, and move on to Green Bay. Um, 
especially after two off seasons where he didn't get the defensive coordinator uh, promotion once he was uh, interviewing for it. So, you know, understandable there, but then also Ronaldo Hill, Sam Madison uh, getting replaced uh, at their positions. All right. So uh, what are you working on the uh, Sun Sentinel, my man? It is. Uh, yeah. And it's the off season. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, this week will be, uh, I'm assuming, just a finalization of this coaching staff because I think the Dolphins would want to get all that uh, done by the combine so that they have their guys that are checking in on prospects uh, at different positions. Uh, so I think we'll be wrapping up on that. And then uh, they're just getting ready for the combine uh, next week, getting out there. And, uh, and uh, that's always a, an interesting time where uh, you get the networking that, that goes on over there. Are you going to be out there in Indy? Uh, not yet i'm not i'm deciding i may go i may not go i don't know yet bro Um, okay yeah the nights aren't um as active as uh they used to be okay Um, i only know what they are now so i I can't compare yeah uh nf do you think you see a ton of nfl people out there not agents Uh, yeah i mean i'm yeah, you see them all around. Now, then also you end up just seeing other sports writers that are doing the same thing as you uh, uh, out and about. But uh, And then you, uh, from my perspective, sometimes I just end up talking to them because those are like friends of mine that I've met from other markets. And then right. you run into them at the Combine. So there, there ends up being some of that too. But then, uh, yeah, you know, uh, good networking overall as far as the, yeah, the, the agents are around. And then just – Yeah, uh, the agents are around for but the per, the pro people the 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 assistant they coach tend to stay out or stay away from uh from yeah. it a little bit although i mean yeah no i mean but there's some high ranking people that i that i have seen out uh, uh sometimes yeah, too yeah yeah but but mm-hmm. it, it, when i went last year i i noticed that it was the person you know and i talked to him i call him and i'm like yo man you're coming out now nah, i don't want to be out there i don't want to be i don't want people taking pictures of me and alcohol and all that so mm. Um, it's uh, they're a little worried about. They kind of, they're a lot of them are staying in, and then they're just sleeping after they're they're done with their interviews. At because usually they they end at eleven at night. That's usually when when the wolves come out at night. The personnel people come out after eleven. That's usually right. the time that they come out. And man, last year, they uh, I was disappointed with the lack of activity at times. So mm-hmm. that's why. Like, you know, if I could just get the information by phone, then I'll just do it that way. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Although I will say this, I, uh, I've i got to get to uh, pick up a few more new names because some of my guys have gotten old. Some of my guys are retiring and some of my guys are leaving the business. So mm-hmm. that is one thing that's actually changed for me over the years because uh, it's a 30-year cycle, dude. And so, mm-hmm. been, you know, some of them have been stepping out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, shuffling, huh? the, yeah. The, actually, for me, uh, I think the East West and the Senior Bowl are better usually for trying okay. to track kind of people down, you know, because the, yeah, the, yeah, you know, yeah, last uh, couple of years up, uh, Perk has, has got I, I, I wonder about the East West in Vegas because that's so spread out, that's what, so hard to track people down in, in, in Mobile, it's easy. There's only a couple there, bars. Yeah, yeah. There's two spots, right? <laughs> you know, you're not getting away from me, dude. Uh, you know? <laughs> so, you know, if you're out, I'm gonna see you. If you're not, then you're you know, you're not. But but it's just it's just weird, dude. I used to be able to sit with 
six, seven assistant coaches and personnel directors and smoke cigars for hours. I, I, I don't do that anymore. That's that they don't do that anymore. They don't hang out like that anymore. Smokers yeah. and drinking. And probably I, the setup too. Let me tell you something. They get their own table or something instead of being out with everyone. I'll tell you what we did one night. I didn't do it, but I was part of it. Okay. I was with some assistant coaches. Okay. This is, may God strike me with a lightning bolt right now. Okay. We went and got a, a, a bar that was right there on Daphne. I think it was called the leaf. Okay. And it was about, a couple assistant coaches, a couple of scouts, no media. I was the only media member there. Okay. They brought in four girls. The place was not for smoking, but we made it a, a smoke show. And then the girls were just giving dances all around. This was no more than seven, eight years ago. Okay. Now. They did this. The only the only people that were there, the people that knew each other, we locked the doors. Boom. These guys were drinking. They were getting their dances, talking bullshit. Nobody ever could see it. You know what I mean? But that was in Mobile. And that is two blocks away from from the from the main hotel we were at. OK, so we were right there, right around the corner. But again, it was just a, a private thing. You know what I mean? But nowadays. These guys will go out less and less and less because they don't want to get caught with a drink in their hand, with a with a cigar or anything like. Man, I used to go to Sammy's in Mobile. Now that's been closed for a few years, but I could go to Sammy's back in the day. And now I'm talking now I'm talking 15, 20, 25 years ago, and I could talk to an assistant coach, a personnel director, a college director of scouting, and we're in the middle of a strip club. Okay, and they're getting dances and they're going back in the champagne room with one or two girls. I could tell you about head coaches that were doing that, and all that. Not that I would ever say it publicly. I, I cannot, uh, no names. I yeah, we don't have to say names. No, no, I'm, I would never say any names. But my point is, that's how much it's changed. That's how much it's changed that these guys just don't even go out nearly as much. That's why I ask you when you were out, did you see a lot of? you know, personnel directors and scouts and, and people like that. And it's really hard to find, dude, because I used to go to the Olive and I could hang out there and there'd be 10, 15 different personnel people smoking cigars. Now they won't even go out to just smoke cigars. It's the yeah. weird. I used to I used to smoke a cigar with Tom Condon every year. Every year, Tom Condon and I would sit there at the Olive and bullshit for three hours and smoke a cigar. I would do it, by the way, I, I used to do it uh, at the Olive, no no dirty places, with Ron Rivera all the time. Hmm. And then he became a head coach, and then now, and then Ron. Now I may be able to bother Ron now that he's not a head coach. Oh. He became a head coach, he didn't hang out anymore. When he was an assistant, he and I used to hang out all the time at the Combine and sit there and talk for a couple of hours. You know, that that's the kind of shit that I miss, dude. That I'm I'm just not able to do nearly as much because they're not willing to do it in public. Yeah, no, I get it, and uh, it's a byproduct of the smartphone era, of the social media era, and uh, yeah, you know, us media members that sort of you know know what's going on and know how to respect 
people's time and 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 that, that they're making when they're making a public appearance or anything uh we're not going to be out there doing that like us reporters but um you never know what fans are just going to be out there recognize a face and go just you know snapping pics of someone so i get it i think a lot of them probably do want to stay in and then they got an early morning maybe the next day with interviews and because uh, I mean, those are some long days of the com. I mean, for for myself as a writer, I mean, you get up early for uh, prospect uh, media interviews that they do uh, that start at eight a.m. Uh, and then uh, you're trying to be out uh, to to meet people and see um, the team personnel when they're getting out from scouting guys after running drills. Uh, you know, deep into the, you know in the early morning, basically. So those end up being some really long days for for anyone. So I get it when people are just trying to just get their sleep because uh, they got a big work day the next day anyway, or just trying to avoid the crowds, avoid all the hassle of anything that uh, could come up, any negative implications from uh, just being out, or just if they are out, maybe they're getting their own private uh, area, uh, just somewhere, uh, get their own table, so they're at their own table instead of just out with uh, with the crowd. So uh, a bunch of different factors. So I have really, I don't really have the past to compare it to. I just have last couple that what. So now I'm going on my third combine. So that's really just I've only seen you know right. what it is now. So uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I can't compare it to oh man, the old days were. We're a lot better if, uh, from that perspective. Oh, the old days were a hell of a lot better, yes. <laughs> I still see yeah. the Dallas Cowboys bust. I know that's legendary from yeah, everything I've right. heard. Yeah, yeah. Every time, it's always there. Yeah. I uh, I have a legendary Dallas Cowboys story I'll tell you one day. Okay. <laughs> that, that is not for, for the year? <laughs> no. 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 Not at all. Yeah. One day I'll tell you that uh, that story when we're alone somewhere. All right. I hope maybe it's an indie. Maybe it's an indie in a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe. But uh, that one will trip you out if I tell you that story. That's okay. for sure. But anyway, yeah, the the stuff that happens on the road, woo, doggy man, and the stuff that used to happen on the road <laughs> is, is the stuff of uh, of legends uh, back in the day. So yeah, that was uh, that was fun. But again, it was great because for information purposes. God, it was it was the golden era, <laughs> you know. At least for me, it was the golden era, in that sense. Now, phones and everything else and social media just ruined so much, and and guys have to kind of change their ways, which is uh, which is a shame, unfortunately. All right, follow him on Twitter at David Feronis underscore, and catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. David, as always, thank you, my brother. Yes, Enjoy sir. your week, my friend. Appreciate sir, you. Talk. Got it. There you go. David Ferronis getting it done. Welton Raum. Jeff Welt knows how to get it done. Daniel Raum knows how to rock it out, baby. 954-966-4646. So let me tell you, we're dealing with a personal injury, bankruptcy, commercial litigation, homeowner property damage, business owner claims, condo damage, criminal defense. Please call Welt and Raum. And by the way, the consultation is completely free. They've got an office in Hollywood, but it doesn't matter where you live. You can call. It's a consultation that's free. You can do a lot of it by phone. Even one of our listeners in Orlando hired Welton Realm. 954-966-4646. They brought Progressive to their knees for us, and it was amazing. So that's why I'm telling you, you call Jeff Welt. He knows how to get it done. 954-966-4646. This podcast replay is brought to you by Welton Rayom.
Call for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. 954-966-4646. Right, all right, all right. There you go. All right, all right. Hey, uh, Mac, just so you can learn a little bit, uh, they traded and gave it to him because he's a pass rusher. That's Chubb, bro. You trade for pass rushers and corners and quarterbacks and and uh, number one wide receivers. Those top five positions, Mac, so you'll learn, you do trade for that, my brother. Okay? You, you might want to learn a little football there, Mac. Okay? You do trade. For the five most important positions, you trade picks and you give up salaries. Outside of those top five positions, no, not so much. That's why the running back stuff last year was complete horseshit, Mac. But, hey, thanks for playing. All right, let's get to it. Welton Rayom, call him 954-966-4646. Bankruptcy, condo damage, personal injury, homeowner property damage. Save that number, 954-966-4646. How you feeling, man? How you feeling? I'm doing well. I checked out some draft prospects training locally this week at uh, at uh, Bomberitos in in Aventura. So uh, getting a head start on that, uh, which I mean, he, he always has a lot of guys. He had 25 guys uh, going into uh, think was it just the combine or, or the the draft overall. Uh, so I mean, a lot of prospects. Uh, just wrote a thing about uh, Jarvis Brownlee, a local cornerback who uh, got shot as a kid and then uh, it inspired him. So uh, but yeah. And then next week is the combine. So uh, keep an eye on uh, everything Miami dolphins as uh, that's always a big week. As far as news coming out, you hear from Mike McDaniel for the first time since the season ended here from Chris Greer for the first time since that end of season press conference. So um, a lot about to go down now this next week. So let me ask you yesterday, uh, media all over was entertaining the silliness of Mike Tannenbaum, who constantly throws mm-hmm. out shit out there that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and so there's no shot that they would ever trade Waddle. So I'm not sure why anybody would bring it up. I get why Mike Tannenbaum would bring it up, because he doesn't really have a pulse, uh, a good feel for any of this shit <laughs> as it is. So I'm just wondering, um, what'd you think of all that crap? Yeah, uh, very interesting that, that this gets uh, thrown out. Uh, so the the thing is, I, I know there's been a little talk about oh well, it could work if they tr- if the Dolphins were to try to break up Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle because they're so similar. If you have a, a separate receiver that complements the other better, but here's the thing: you need Tyreek Hill now because he is uh, I mean well, he's the number one receiver. He led the league in receiving and uh, flirted with 2,000 yards before he got hurt toward the end of the year. You need him now if you're in this win now mode and window that you're currently in. Yes. And then once Tyreek Hill moves on and he's older and he's already even last year he had a target retirement date after 10 years so then that's when you need Jalen Waddle to be the number one uh, and while you can have both you want both uh, especially for uh for Tua Tungavailoa to maximize everything that he's able to do with the so let's just get um, rid of duper you only need Clayton is that what we're gonna do so let's just get rid of let's just get rid of Torrey Holt you only need Isaac Bruce is that, is that is that what we're talking about now? I mean, really, seriously, I like, I, I mean, like, I, what what kind of stupid shit is this, bro? You that that's the reason why your offense is so potent. You have two guys that scare the shit out of people, dude. 
And that's what Duper and Clayton used to do, scare the shit out of people on a consistent basis. That's what you want. If you only have one, by the way, just to inform Mike Tannenbaum and any other local media member that wants to entertain this silliness, now all of a sudden you can roll the safety over to Tyreek, you can, you can bracket him, you can. now you become a lot more easier to defend. But when you have Duper and Clayton... It's impossible to defend. When you have Waddle and Tyreek, it's impossible to defend. When you have Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, it's impossible to defend. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. You have Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, you have Wilk, you have uh, 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 um, the uh, Kittle. Kittle. I mean, McCaffrey out of the backfield. And McCaffrey out of the backfield. So let's get rid of one of them. No, no. (laughs) You don't get rid of weapons, dude. I mean, you know, Dan Fouts dropped back and it was John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, and uh, Lofton. So what are we going to do? Get rid of one of them? No, dude, you got three monsters. Oh, and yeah, I had Kellen Winslow, too, by the way, at tight end. Oh, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I've been watching this since I was a child. <laughs> when you have two guys, that's, that's just, there's, you, you don't think of destroying that, dude. You, you build on that kind of shit. You know what I mean? I, I just. And it's a tandem that has uh, created such a large percentage of the Dolphins' target share. So that's a, an incredibly huge void that is created if one of them – and, of course, there's no no one's trying to argue that you get rid of one and then, you know, to replenish elsewhere or stock up traffic, whatever you, you want to say, and then don't uh, fill up on the back end of bringing in other receivers. But you already have a great tandem there together as it is that's, that's been growing in the same offense that Mike McDaniel will now uh, have them for a third consecutive year, that Tua will have them for a third consecutive year, that duo in Jalen Waddle's case, uh, even one more year with Tua uh, back before Mike and, and Tyreek got there. So you just keep building on that. And then what you want is a third option in the passing game to go with them. That's why we talk about, like on this show, is uh, whether you can get that tight end, whether it's a third receiver. Because it- Tyreek Hill, even in Kansas City, he always had Travis Kelsey there with him. Uh, so it's not it was so it wasn't a second receiver per se, but it was that second big time passing uh, uh, target option. So uh, yeah, I mean th- these things they, they work in tandem. So uh, just why why break it up now? No, that's why none of this makes any sense. Plus, by the way, you got to pay Waddle next year. Uh, so the Chiefs have all these cap issues. They're gonna pick up a guy that they have, and then they're gonna get rid of one of their corners. Like, okay, they have the best pair of young corners in the NFL. Uh, that's another thing you don't break up. You don't break up Sam Madison and Pat Sertan. You build around Pat, Mad- Pat, Pat and Sam. That's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? That's what, by the way, besides Mahomes and Chris Jones, uh, the other reason why you won the Super Bowl, it's those two corners. Those two mm-hmm. corners are nasty, bro. Nasty. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think it makes sense on, on either end. No, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> for either and, team. <laughs> and for anybody locally here to be entertaining this silliness is just ridiculous. Now, let's get to the one that makes a little sense. Here's Not a duo that you do want to break up. <laughs> the yeah. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer one. Yes, I do, actually. I do want to break it up because I don't think it's worth the money that they're going to pay him. And uh, I... I trust Dan Graziano, okay? Unlike Mike Tannenbaum, I do trust Dan Graziano. So, I'm going to respect what he reported, but 
I'm going to hold reservation on it and say, I need to see it to believe it because there's no way they tag him. And then they're able to have the flexibility they need the entire offseason to do the things that they need to do. So to me, that's where I disagree with the report. I'm not saying it's wrong only because it's Dan Graziano and I, and I have respect for him. If it was maybe, there might be a couple other guys on, 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 that, on that network that I might challenge and say, nah, that's horse shit. But that guy, I give him, I give him props because he's good. I just, I, fiscally, I just don't think it works, to be quite honest. I don't think you will have the flexibility you need uh, to go find what you need in free agency and then to re-sign everything that you need to re-sign at the same time if you tag Wilkins. So you tell me, what do you think about that report? And here's the other thing that he did mention was that he started off, the question was about using the franchise tag, uh, but then he noted as he went on that it probably makes more sense if you are going to, uh, if you do want to keep him and tag him, that it makes most sense to sign him to the long-term extension where the front end of the contract, it ends up being uh, better for you financially under the cap uh, room and that so that then you could actually build off of that, give yourself more leeway than uh, the 20 million that it requires to tag. And that's on, on this. Uh, upcoming so, yeah, basically his report was either yeah. either way, either either thing happens, right? That's the way yeah. I understood they, they don't plan, that The Dolphins don't plan on letting him leave right. Miami. And uh, from the other perspective to, to what you have presented is that this is a foundational piece to this rebuild from the very start of it, 2019, uh, when th there was that tank year where then Brian Flores ended up getting them to the five wins. That was their first draft pick, first first round draft pick of that whole run. And then 2020, the big draft class, another one in 21, then the shift to now you have your core. So then you start adding the veteran pieces, the Ty making trades like for Tyreek Hill, for Jalen Ramsey, Teron Armstead in free agency. Uh, building with uh, with the pieces you already had in place before that like Xavier Howard and so on so uh it, it would it would just be contrary to what you've built to then let the foundational piece of that first first round pick from this era just uh, just go by the wayside um, and he's a guy that's been reliable for you he's barely ever missed a game uh, and uh, yeah, he added the interior pass rush this season. Always been a great uh, run defender. Now, of course, you've always mentioned that he, he did a little bit more of it when it was against the bad teams instead of uh, when the Dolphins needed him most, and that's a fair point as well. So things to weigh out. But then if you if you plan on bringing him back, then why not just do it on the long-term extension? Now, it will cost you a lot now because he did get those sack numbers. So now whatever number he was expecting before, he's only expecting a bigger number now uh, this time around when they go back to the negotiating table. So it's going to cost you a lot. But if you backload it, it's uh, team-friendly on the front end. That helps you for the, the time being, which is this win-now window that you've created anyway. And then you kick the can down the road for all these headaches that are going to come anyway and just come uh, storming down on, on the organization with the cap-ocalypse uh, that, that will ensue in all likelihood. Then if you just stack all of them for the future days and then you end up having to do what the Rams did, like you know letting Jalen Ramsey go, making decisions that way, then uh, that's what you have to do for the future. But well, I, hey, listen, you, if you win the title – I don't care what happens after that. Exactly. You know the Rams did that too. The yeah, Rams did that on twenty-one. Right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have a problem with what the Rams did, dude. As long as you win yep. the title, and then you have to deal with you know cleaning out and all that crap, and you got to deal with a couple of years of you know kind of like what they had to do when 
when they took over and got rid of Indomitian Shu and Tannehill and all those deadbeat contracts that they had to, I think when they when they got rid of Sue, the two dead years after that were 13 and 19 million of dead space with Sue. You know, so that those are the things, but they didn't win a title. And that's the difference. Whereas yeah. with, the, with the Rams, brother, you can happily go backwards as long as you win the title. That's that's the one thing we wanted. So and the Dolphins to this point have only gotten to the wild card round, have not even won a playoff game right. yet. I know a lot of circumstances that led to it, especially this past season. But and then even the Rams, two years later, they're right back in the playoffs. NFC a little bit easier to get in, but uh, they, they were right back in it and a, a fairly competitive team. Yeah. So when it's all said and done now, you hear what Graziano says. What do you think happens? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of keeping them around. Uh, but which just, one happens? Does mm-hmm. it, do they do they? Because uh, I don't think they can tag him. I don't think it. Right. it I think it cripples their entire offseason if they tag him. Because I know you're going to free up money with X, but that won't come till June. I know you're going to give yeah. to a contract, so that'll class. free up money right yeah. away. You're not bringing back probably Jerome Baker, Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, Cedric Wilson. So there's a, you know, there's salaries that you're going to be able to open up space. So I understand that, but you know, I just think that because you're going to want to make some moves and you're going to need to resign some of your own people, very importantly, I, I, I just don't see a tag. Yeah, and, that's and why. I, yeah, I, I just have a. I really. I and if you weren't willing to pay him last year, why would you be willing to pay him this year? I don't understand that one. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a difference between willing. I think the Dolphins were willing, just not at the price that, uh, right. that Wilkins and I mean. his representation were, were looking for. So uh, I, I believe Chris Greer even said at his end-of-season news conference that when they were uh, in those talks that, uh, that the two sides agreed it was a fair offer, but that his representation was looking for even more than that. Uh, I think they were anticipating that he was going to show the interior pass rush, which uh, he had not presented yet. Like the other big time defensive tackles that had gotten their money to that point. So now he did uh, end up at least putting that on paper on the record. He got the nine sacks in a season, which, uh, you know, whichever teams they came against. And that is still an impressive number and a guy who has uh, been reliable for you in the run game and just his availability uh, over time as well. So, so I do see it. I, yeah, I agree with you on, on the franchise tag because that's very costly. A team that's already 52 million over the cap. That's another 20. Now you're into the seventies of what you have to uh, account for. Not going to uh, happen. Not yeah, going to happen. The, the restructures and all that. It gets you a big chunk of that, but still not that far. So I think in the end, uh, with uh, an extension with a lo- or a long-term deal, I should say, uh, that's friendly at the beginning, that would be uh, the ideal scenario. But then if they are indeed priced out, then uh, they will be uh, looking elsewhere. So it's got to be at the right price that both teams can, can – or both sides can agree on. But uh, Does he end yeah. up here? Does he end up here? Does, what does your gut tell you? Because I still think he's gone. Damn it, I'm going to say yes. Okay, good. Uh, with the deal. Yeah. Good, good. All right, somebody's got to be wrong, so we got to have fun with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> got to be wrong with it, so we got to have fun with it. It's a classic. Yeah, you, you, you take the either side. The, the two sides uh, each take a different side. Exactly. All right, what classic. are you working on this Sun Sentinel so uh, Doll fans can check you out? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was just uh, checking out some prospects, so I got a, a series of stories on uh, different prospects that – 
uh, Dolphins could be looking at. I just mentioned Jarvis Brownlee. Uh, so um, uh, he's, he plays cornerback, a local kid too. So if Dolphins are moving on from eggs and probably need some competition, whether it's at slot or anywhere else, uh, he could be a guy uh, later on uh, in the draft. And he has an inspirational story there as well, where uh, he was uh, in a car uh, with uh, with the target of a, of a shooting, and he ended up getting hit when he was just in third grade. Uh, that inspired him to uh, to get to where he's at right now. Uh, saw a lot of different guys. Uh, Christian Mahogany, Boston College guard. So if the Dolphins uh, need either a left guard or they are unable to sign Robert Hunt, he could be a guy. He's one of the higher uh, end higher rated guards in the draft. Uh, so uh, working on uh, reeling out all that and then getting up to uh, previewing the combine, which is a big week uh, next week. All right, there you go. Have you gotten your polygon yet? No, no, because yeah, I'm still, I, I'm st- I still haven't downloaded my uh, my crypto.com. I, I need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you, brother. All right, follow him on <laughs> Twitter know. at David Ferronis <laughs> underscore. Catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. David, as always, thank you, my brother. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up next week. Yes, sir. Likewise. You got it. Hey, Welton Realm, folks. Listen, storms are coming. Now, I know that the normal season is back in May and June, July and all that, but we get hit by storms now, and it's just, it happens out of nowhere. And then water damage comes with that. And then you're going to call the insurance companies. And I want you to not do that. That's the worst thing you can do. You want to first call Welton Realm. And with the new laws that have been put in place that uh, Mr. DeSantis put us, the consumer, at a disadvantage, the most important thing is to have the right lawyers in place and the right people in your corner. So maybe you don't need it right now, but you may need it down the line. Save it. 954-966-4646. Jeff Welt, Daniel Rayom will help you out. Condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, personal injury, you name it. Bankruptcy, call Welton Realm, 954-966-4646.